everybody and welcome to another episode of words images and worlds my name is jason dehart as always it's the same on every podcast and today i'm joined by an author whose work i've shared in the classroom and that is vera hiranandani did i get that right yes oh fantastic all right <laughs> i try um so vera you're the author of the night diary which is the work that i've known you for but i also want to give you the chance to talk about other books as well and uh showcase some of the some of the different titles that you have out for readers i also want to ask about what connected you with authoring reading and writing early on sure well my most recent book that i have out right now is called how to find what you're not looking for and so all of my books, and then I, I had my first middle grade book it's called The Whole Story of Half a Girl. And then I also have a chapter book series called Phoebe G. Green for younger readers. Um, she's a third grade main character. So I think I write mostly, mostly middle grade. Um, and I think part of why I do that is with my first book, I was really writing a book for the 11 year old, 12 year old that I was um, that could have used that book. And that book is probably my most autobiographical book based on a lot of my experiences when I had to change schools and I went to a very small private school um, to a much larger public school. And when I switched schools between fourth and fifth grade, a lot of questions came up about my identity at the new school that I was not prepared uh, to answer. And it really surprised me because everybody knew each other so well at the other school. There were only about 50 kids in the school. So being in a more typical public school environment, this was Connecticut in the 80s, um, I felt different because of my background, but it was, it was, I was truly surprised. And so my mother is Jewish and she was born in Brooklyn. And my father is originally from India and he came to the U.S. in his 20s. They met in Poughkeepsie, New York um, and got married in the late 1960s. So some of those elements are in my most recent book about um, a 12-year-old Jewish girl whose older sister falls in love with an Indian college student and wants to get married. And this is all taking place in 1967. So I think that I've always um, turned to experiences that I've had or are based on my family history. But when I first started writing, I was writing for adults. Um, I got an MFA. I was writing short stories. Um, I eventually wrote a novel about people who were older. I, this was when I was in my 20s. I was writing about sort of what I ex expected grownups to be like <laughs> and sort of really making things up. And it wasn't that I wasn't that connected to the work. And so when I was thinking about a book that I could feel really connected to, I started thinking about this time in my life and started thinking about younger readers and wanted to kind of write something for anybody experiencing changing schools, feeling different. And that's really what sent me on a path that I'm still on today. It's, it's really strong work and really timely too, because there is so much change right now. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's always change in adolescence and 
in growing up, but it, it's just such a, a time of change. The Night Diary was a book that um, connected me with students during the pandemic. I taught it in 2020. And fun fact, I, I tried the recipe in the back. Um, I did, and I got way too much ginger in it, but I had, I had a fun time. I tried to create videos of myself um, doing different things during the pandemic. So one of them was like a really, um, of course, amateurish sort of like cooking show. And I was trying to make City Saibaji. Did I say that right? Oh, yeah. Saibaji. Yeah. Saibaji. Um, and, and it was entertaining. It was entertaining to watch me try and try it out on my family. Um, so <laughs> that was just one of those connecting experiences. But I love the way your books um, connect with people. And I also uh, I love that you have books at all age levels as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, Night Diary or How to Find What You're Not Looking For, both of those, though more like young adult, I guess you could say, um, both of those also lend themselves to older audiences too. Yeah, I, I hope so. I mean, even though they have a younger main character, so, you know, in middle grade, usually the main characters are 11 or 12 and um, the twins in the night diary are 12 and then Ariel and how to find what you're not looking for is 11 and turns 12. Um, but I always say my books are from ages nine to 99. I'm um, certainly young reader is my primary audience. And, um, but I think that the stories could be universal and accessed on a number of different levels and a number of different age groups. Um, and my, the parent characters are always inspired by often my own, myself as a parent, my parents, my grandparents. Um, so I, I like to think of them as sort of family reads in a way. Mm -hmm. and, and I'll also say, um, I'm currently in a high school classroom. I'm teaching mm -hmm. high school and I know that your books get attention from readers. It's it's not just that, um, you know, I don't think they necessarily just appeal to a certain certain group. It's, it's really amazing because lots of other books will be overlooked. But the ones that I have from you on my shelf, maybe because I talk them up, but I try to do that with all of them. Um, they they get checked out. One right now is in the hands of a 16-year-old girl. Mm. Um, so it, it's wonderful to have younger characters, but also characters that are just so relatable. Um, and that tell those historical details as well. Right. So they're set in these kind of bigger historical settings, like the Night Diary is set during the partition of India, and then How to Find What You're Not Looking For is set in 1967, right after the Loving versus Virginia Supreme Court ruling and everything that was going on in, in the U.S. in the late 60s. And I touched on different historical events during the span of the novel. So I think that lends itself to different ages, no matter what they're thinking about or studying. And often I am writing about topics that are more emotional, a little, a little juicier, a little heavier, um, because I'm trying to answer big questions for myself and my own identity and my own family history. And I'm just sort of bringing everybody along with me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I come 
fun for the ride. Um, as I figure out, you know, where I fit in the world and then how that translates to anyone who is thinking about where they fit in the world and their own identity and when they feel a part of things and when they feel separate and other. And I think people can access those ideas and relate to those ideas in a lot of different ways. And uh, I was going to ask about the issues you take up, uh, the eye to relevance that you have, which I think is another powerful feature of the work is we do get to go with you on the journey. And I mean, isn't that what great literature does? It's a conversation between authors and readers and those considerations of historical pieces, questions that are still going. And, and I love that historical nature of what you do as well. I imagine that takes a lot of time to kind of go in and craft those worlds. It does. You know, my first book was a contemporary realistic fiction. And then Phoebe Drew Green is also contemporary realistic fiction, um, a little lighter and more humorous and for younger readers. Um, but The Night Diary was my first attempt at a historical novel. And I felt really intimidated at first. I My father had to leave his home during the partition with his family. Um, I had, I really wanted to know more about it. I had been thinking about it and reading about it for many years before I wrote the book. And of course I've heard, I have my family stories from my father and my aunts and uncles um, and grandparents that I've heard. I actually never met my Indian grandparents because they sadly died before I was born. Um, but the stories that have been passed down. So that was my personal connection, but I wasn't the best history student growing up. I felt like if I didn't have a story to connect to the names and the dates and the events that I was learning about, I it was hard for me to remember and just sort of, you know, produce again on a test. So I didn't learn well that way. And I needed a story to connect me. So I wanted to do that with the night diary, but I, I, I didn't know if I could. And I started with more personal research and then expanded and started reading, you know, a lot of nonfiction on the subject and making sure I kind of knew the historical foundation, but I was still telling a personal story of a family going through this extraordinarily difficult time, just a, an ordinary family, how they would feel going through this. And I think it tied into a lot of the things in some ways, even though it's a very different thing of just going through it, a his, living through history, the way we've all done during the pandemic and the fear that we've faced and some of the isolation and, and certain things that you can draw parallels to. And I've had college students read it and um, now high school students. And it's interesting because one of the things people say is, I had no idea that this happened. Why, why have I never heard about this in history class? Right. And, and I wouldn't have either. Growing up in a small town in Connecticut, I maybe read one line about India's independence um, and that it was, you know, split into two countries, but I didn't. I wouldn't have known why if I hadn't had my family, you know, tell me the rest of the story. So that's why I wanted to also just capture this piece of history because partition survivors like my father, he's in his 80s. Um, people that remember this history are in their 80s, their 90s. They're not living or they're not living anymore. 
And so I think my generation in the ways that we can um, are trying to preserve this history to pass on to the next generation because there are just so many things we can learn from it, even though it's it's a painful period of you know India's history and our global history. Yeah, and and similar threads, but in different ways with how to find what you're not looking for with um, some some of the law, some of the reactions, some of the culture of the 60s, the late <laughs> 60s. And, uh, you know, it's not been that long ago. It's really not been that long ago. So um, drawing attention to that is a, is a powerful thing and helping readers think through it now. You mentioned kind of going on the journey with you. But helping readers think through how how do some of these issues come back and how do we make better decisions and better choices now and positive change and progress? Absolutely. And and studying the late 60s, you know, I knew kind of the bigger events and I knew um, I, you know, cover Dr. King's assassination. I mentioned the Vietnam War, but I did a deeper dive looking at all of the events that were going on around this family who were sort of living in their own kind of little bubble in Connecticut and how they would find out what was happening. You know, was it through the news? Was it who they talked to? Was it how would they learn about events in their community um, where it's happening right, you know, in front of their eyes? And what would they be aware of and what wouldn't they be? Um, so really looking at that and we sort of forget, we can kind of look back, you know, from a distance and say, well, you know, everybody would know these things or everybody was reacting this way. Um, so that was, that was challenging to think, well, how would this specific family react and understand what was going on around them? And I might've lost track of the beginning of your question. <laughs> Oh, no, no. I, I was just talking about how. Started, yeah. <laughs> just talking about how your books can draw attention to those pieces in time and parts that uh, I think do need pausing and considering. And uh, I appreciate that part of what you do. I'm, I'm not sure if it was a question so much as okay. an appreciation. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I, I know that we've traveled a little bit from the questions that I had shared with you, but any any books, any titles that you would like to share with readers that we've not talked about quite as much yet? I always like to provide space for people to share about where to find books, the best place to find out about your work, to see what's coming next, and to connect with the books that you already have out. Yeah, well, um, I do. I'm writing a sequel to The Night Diary, um, which will come out in early 2024. So I've, it's been really interesting to kind of be away from that world and write another book that's a very different book and then come back to the Night Diary world and the family. And when I create characters, you know, I really get to the point where I fully believe they exist in some kind of parallel universe. So when I've been writing this sequel, I've just kind of gone back to India, 1947, and I just felt this... Um, I just had missed it so much and missed those characters. And so it's been, it's been amazing to sort of follow them through the next chapter of their lives, which is what the book is about of how you, you rebuild your life after the crisis. Cause often 
um, things in history, these big global events, we, books are often about the survival story. Are the people going to survive this event or not? And then the story ends. But what happens after? What happens after we the survivors try to rebuild their lives? And I was thinking also about the pandemic when I was writing, because it's hard not to think about it. Um, and what do we, how are we sort of wounded forever by something? And how are we strengthened by the obstacles that we've faced? So those were the things I was thinking about. Um, so yeah, that, and I have a couple picture books coming out in the next two years, publishing moves slowly. So <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah. So lots to look forward to. And you have an author site that we'll make sure to link in the yes. uh, description of the podcast. Thank you. Yep. VeraHeronandDonnie.com. So um, you can find out more about me there. Absolutely. And looking forward to reading the sequel to The Night Diary. Uh, glad that you're continuing the story. I've had students say at the end, well, I wonder what happens next. And I wonder what happens to the family. And yeah. um, so that will be, that'll be good. That's, that's so often the part of the story that isn't visited. You you want to know what happens. Uh, I, I also, side note, I, I want to know what happens after like the traditional stories, you know, the, <laughs> the rom-coms and things like what happens next. Sure. So, yeah do they yeah. stay together or not <laughs> exactly i always feel really good at the end so um yeah we'll look forward to that as well as the picture books I, i'm a big picture book fan even though i typically teach the older kids so i appreciate everything that a picture book can do as well yes i think people should read picture books for their whole lives the world would probably be a better place if we all continued to read picture books <laughs> they're basically po excuse me poetry to me with yes. pictures involved so that's how i try to look at them yes yes well have i missed anything at all that um you came wanting to share the any overlooked parts of the questions or anything at all i don't think so we definitely covered a lot um yeah, I I don't I don't think so at this point, but I'll I'll email you. <laughs> All right, yes, absolutely. And uh my copy of the night diary is still stained with my attempt to uh craft the recipe in the back, but it's just such a good part of the memory of reading it and sharing yeah. it. So well, I really do love writing about food and I love that you attempted that recipe. Um it, it is one of those things, you know, I I ate growing up. And so I always think about it as the kind of food that, you know, it's this sort of spinach or greens stew, really. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's good if you have a... My, my family, you know, chicken matzo ball soup, my grandmother's recipe, like those two things will cure any cold. So... <laughs> Yeah, good to keep in mind. Good to yeah. keep. I, I'm a school teacher, so I have to have cures for colds and yes. all sorts of things. Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> well, thank you so much for meeting me and taking time to talk on the podcast. And uh, we will hope to see you again in the future as well. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. <laughs>